This is the HP Podcast, and you are listening to our very special The Last of Us Part 2 spoiler cast. I'm Ben, and here with me are Dustin. Hey. And Brandon. Hey, Ben. You, you didn't say we're the beautiful boys. You don't get special nicknames <laughs> on the spoiler cast. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so New rule. Yeah. All right. So what have you guys been doing today? God, I just got off work. You look like you've How been at the beach. <laughs> yeah. No, I wish I was at the beach. I'd be sipping a Corona if I was. No, you wouldn't. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I just got into some comfy clothes, and I'm feeling much better hanging out with the boys, talking about a game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe I'm just glowing because I'm relaxed. I'm in my element. I'm with the boys. That's right. Know? Hopefully, you figured out by the title of this podcast what it is and if you haven't maybe it just rolled right into the next episode or something this is a spoiler cast for the last of us part two if you do not want to be spoiled on the last of us part two you should pause and turn this episode off as a matter of fact you might even want to delete it off of your podcast player so that the next time you boot it up it doesn't automatically start or something and re-download it when it's time but from this point forward no guarantees about spoilers on the last of us part two pretty much it's spoiler territory from here on out Sound good? Good. Cool. All Joel right. is dead. Joel is dead. I was going to start with that. I just want to start with that. I was going to do the same thing. Oh, my God. Well, that's good because <laughs> obviously that's, the, that's a big point. But what I thought might be fun and maybe a little bit informative, I imagine most people who are listening to this have played the game or have no interest in playing the game or don't care about spoilers, I guess. But I thought what would be fun is if we started off kind of doing a recap and we can each take turns with different sections and yeah, see sure. how it goes. So you start out the game playing as Ellie and right. Ellie and Joel are in I can't even remember the Jackson. name of the town Jackson I'm going down to Jackson they're in Jackson and Ellie is kind of living in her own apartment there's obviously some tension between she and Joel and she gets approached by her friend and they find out the, the night before she was basically you know insulted uh, because of her sexuality by another member of the town next Oh, okay. It's all you, Duddy. I'll go. Uh, <laughs> see, I feel like I'll be more... Br- well, I don't know how detailed we want to You can go. be very brief. I was just trying to get it set up. So then they're out on some routes the next day. There's some trouble afoot. You play as a new character very briefly that we don't know their, their, her name at the time is, is playing. And eventually... It's Abby, by the way. It's Abby, yeah. yeah. So Abby uh, eventually meets up with Joel because they are being attacked by... Uh, some some of the the clickers, the undead, the uh, what is I'm trying to remember what do they call? This is a, we're having two brain farts wow. now. Wow, um, infected, infected. They just you. say infected. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I guess that really is what they are. They're they're infected. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But the key is that Joel and his brother help Abby. Right. And this eventually leads to uh, Abby when when beating the shit out of Joel. yes, bludgeoning <laughs> him to death. Right. So Abby is there with her crew, her unknown crew at the time, and she kills Joel violently with a golf club. Right when he's getting killed, um, Ellie shows up, witnesses it, and gets knocked out. Is forever changed at that point. Right. So next. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be really bad at this. It's fine. <laughs> that's, that's part of it. I mean, part of it was I thought it would be um, absurd and fun. So, like, so, you know. Very sad. Joel passes away. There's a bit of a funeral. I don't know if he passed she, away or was bludgeoned into the next life. Well, he was murdered. Yeah. And um, <laughs> and so, you know, it's very sad. It's a very trying time for everyone playing the game at that point. You know, you had played the entire last game as Joel. Um, so uh, after that, Abby is gone now. And so is the rest of the crew. Ellie got knocked out. And so Ellie is on a path of revenge now, and she's trying to find anything out about where this crew is and essentially go find them. Um, She gets word that they're in the Seattle area, possibly. Um, And so her and Dina head out to Seattle for the first day and um, get into some trouble, some exploration there. You can visit the bank. Um... WLF is there. 
Uh, yeah, WLF is the crew mm-hmm. that we find out that Abby is a part of. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so you kind of skip the couple weeks of the journey to Seattle. And I want to mention that you mentioned Dina. Dina's a new character. She's part of the crew at Jackson. She's also Ellie's love interest. Um, there's a scene where they, you know, they get down with it and they also smoke some weed. Um, so that's an interesting dynamic to like, I think it was part of like showing, hey, Ellie's grown up now. This exactly. is an adult character, not a kid character that you're taking care of. You're Ellie now. So you go through and you find, uh, you go through a couple days worth of things. Um, uh, basically, Ellie's on a hunt for revenge. She's killing all the people that were involved with Joel's death. She's trying to find Abby since she's the one who actually offed him. Um, it, in this process, they're also chasing down Tommy, Joel's brother. Uh, who they found out like snuck out in the dead of night and is off on the revenge kick too, uh, to to avenge his brother. And while you're there, you hole up in a theater and you find out that Dina is pregnant. Um, obviously, not to Ellie, uh, but to someone else uh, that she had dated previously who was a friend of theirs in Jackson. And a lot of different things transpire, but eventually... A cutscene happens, and Abby, this character you've been chasing, breaks in, kills Dina's baby daddy, shoots Joel, and we switch over to a different scenario playing as... Not not Joel. Joel's... Uh, sorry. Kills Joel's Tommy. Tommy. Yeah, Tommy. She already killed to- Joel. Right. Kills Tommy. What uh, we think at the time, we think... That's right. Yeah, shoots Tommy. It's very Tommy. weird how it that goes down. It is very weird. Yeah. He gets... Sh- it's like he gets shot in the head, but, he, but it must but not doesn't. have been... Yeah. Which I think the yeah. only summary detail that we should also include is that you, previous to uh, Abby showing up and doing that, Ellie goes and basically kills all of Abby's friends, yes. including her friend that is pregnant. Right. Which, man, that moment, I don't know if we want to talk about particular moments quite oh, yet. but right, we will get to whatever you want to get to. But And just to be clear. I don't like, I don't think we need to make this a super long spoiler cast, but we'll we won't like I don't want to be like, oh, we're at 59 minutes and 59 seconds. We're done. So, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, Ben, you were saying that at that point you then play as Abby, mm-hmm. but it restarts. So you were playing as Ellie for one, two and three days in Seattle. You start back at day one in Seattle as Abby, where you get her perspective of these last three days. It's her working with the WLF. And kind of seeing what their headquarters are like. The Washington something federation. Liberation Front. Yeah. Yeah. And you find out about that they're basically this warring faction that, well, they are in a war with another faction called the Seraphites, or as the WLF calls them, the Scars. And they're basically this radical religious cult that you find out more about kind of what their, their whole religion is based off of throughout the game. And they're real gruesome. They tie people up. They hang them. They disembowel them. Mm-hmm. And they uh, there's the scene. Just like Jesus would want. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh, there's the scene. I think it was the second time we saw the game where Abby is about to be disemboweled and yeah. hung. Where exactly, yeah. They, uh, they clip they clip the wings. They all clip her wings. And they basically, the, the one girl, which I can't remember her name. Oh, I Yara. Look. Yara, yeah. She uh, gets her wings clipped, which is basically getting your arm demolished demolished by a hammer <laughs> is real nasty. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty, pretty brutal. Um, so, yeah, Abby's about to be hung mm-hmm. and gutted. Right. Um, and then the scars essentially show up. Right. The Seraphite scars. Yeah. yeah scars, yeah, Seraphites. Yeah. Um, and uh, the uh, Yara and... Uh-huh. Um, What's the other one's name? Lev. Lev. Her brother. Oh, I wanted to say Neb for some reason. Lev, her brother. Um, they cut Abby down in a show of mercy. Um, and Even though they're like natural born enemies. Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, it's clear that obviously they're both pretty young and one has a broken arm and the other one is much younger. And so um, they just kind of run off and they hold up in a... Uh, in like a little trailer uh-huh. after fighting off a bunch of Seraphites. Um, and then Abby leaves. And I think it's important to mention that Yara and Lev are part of the Seraphites, but because Lev uh, was... Breaking tradition. Breaking tradition. Yeah. Lev was um, 
previous, I don't know how to say this the, the right way, uh, excuse my ignorance, but Lev was female or born, you know, being raised as a female. They wanted Lev to marry into, uh, to be a wife for one of the Seraphite men. Lev says, no, I'm a, I'm a male, uh, shaves his head and they set off on that journey. And of course that enrages the, the Seraphites. So they're coming after them. And Abby, who is again, supposed to be their enemy is helping them in this journey. She's also on a mission to find her ex-boyfriends. Uh, what's his name again? I can't remember. If it comes to us, we'll say it. He's so forgettable. He is I very like forgettable. Like, yeah. I don't know. They're on. She's on a mission to find her ex-boyfriend who was kind of defected. Uh, her ex-boyfriend has a girlfriend uh, or wife or whatever the situation is who is pregnant. And you know that all along as Abby, where you didn't know it as Ellie. She eventually finds them. They help Yara and Lev. Uh, Yara eventually is killed. Uh, she helps Lev go back to rescue his mother, who was back with the Seraphites. They go back to this island where the Seraphites like are being held, or like that's their area. Yeah, um, which is a super cool environment. We can talk about environments if we want to later. Uh, and it's like a very backwoods cult-like experience. But basically, the WLF is attacking the Seraphites, and Abby's kind of stuck in this middle where she's both like helping Seraphites and also fighting them and also helping the WLF and fighting them. So it's, it's a weird thing. Anyway, the long story short is that they get away and eventually um, the timing works out. Abby figures out somebody's killing all her friends. Uh, Tommy, Joel's brother is chasing them down and, and trying to kill them while they're at it. And so they eventually track them back to the theater and the storylines converge and you go back to playing as Ellie. Right. So the the one thing that uh, I think is also important to mention is that we find out that the reason Abby killed Joel was because her dad was the surgeon from the first game yes. that Joel kills. And I, th I think it's beyond just I mean, the main thing for Abby is the fact that Joel killed her dad. Right. But she, Joel also killed everyone basically that she knew because she was part of the Fireflies. Yeah. And so um, there's a huge, you know personal grudge right there that's very well justified <laughs> very well justified yeah. so uh at this point abby has shows mercy and lets uh lets ellie go uh -huh. and she's like i don't ever want to see you again as right. i think the word she says so it cuts to a little while later where they have returned back to the jackson area and ellie and Dina. Dina. Ellie and Dina have settled down. They have this little farmhouse that they had always dreamed of getting. Uh, the kid is born. And but the problem is uh, Ellie has PTSD. Yeah. Some really bad PTSD, you know. Understandably. So Joel's brother shows up again and is like, they're still out there, but I can't go get him. He's got a limp. He's got a, you know, a, a messed up eye from the gunshot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And. This part, man, I know we're not talking details, but it's so he's such a manipulator because yeah. he knows that all he needs to do is plant the seed in Ellie's mind. And so I don't know if we, we want to make a long story short, short here, but yeah, Ellie goes to the Santa Barbara area where Abby is looking for the fireflies because she wants to join back up with them instead of the WLF, which is kind of maybe not existing anymore. I don't know. Right. Yeah. It's they, hard to say. Hard to say. And so Abby was captured by uh, the Rattlers, the Rattlers. Yes. Which is it just seems to be like a local gang. Yeah. Right. They're like Biker gang. <laughs> yeah. And so Ellie eventually shows up to try to find uh, Abby and she fights the Rattlers because she finds out that she was taken that Abby was taken captive. Eventually, Ellie finds Abby. She is hung up on a pole. And like severely, like she's looks like she's been there for yeah, malnourished, for real malnourished. bad. Yeah, and it seems like Ellie's gonna let Abby go because they're they're headed towards a boat, and it seems like Ellie's helping her. And you can see this moment where Ellie's like, "I came here on a mission, right? And I'm gonna do it." And she, there's this brutal fight to what seemingly is going to be the death, but until this moment where Joel flashes in her mind, and she kind of lets go. Yeah. And Abby gets away. And um, yeah, and I guess the very end. At some point, Ellie loses some fingers, goes back to the farmhouse where Dina and the baby are gone. She finds the guitar Joel gave her, has trouble playing it, 
because she's lost some fingers, and then she just wanders off into the distance. Yeah, and we don't know what happens next. And Dina and the baby are gone. Dina and she the baby has are lost gone. everything. Yes, basically absolutely. at this point, we we assume right. Yeah, and so okay, so that was that's the synopsis. Maybe it took a little longer than I thought it was going to, but I thought it would be good. Number one, because you know when you tell a story three different angles, you think of things other people don't think of. But two, to give us a refresher because. It's been at least a week, I think, since all of us have beat it, right. have finished the game, if not more. So we wanted to do that and, and talk through that. And so the very first thing I want to get into is one of the biggest things about this game, other than Joel dying, is that you play as two different characters. And I just like, just to get into some like, uh, I don't know, personal feelings, nitty gritty, not how did that affect you necessarily, but how did you feel about the the technical aspects of playing as two different characters who man, who maneuver differently and like... I think Ellie had some different features and certainly like the prone thing. You were able to go fully prone where you weren't in the previous game. Um, changed it. But like, I just thought it was cool that they were able to make two different characters when you're controlling them actually feel so different. And so they're just having different skins on them. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think that factors in a lot to like, I don't know, a lot of things about them are different, I guess, completely different weapon sets. I don't think they even share any weapons exactly. Maybe a revolver. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, uh, whereas Abby plays way less stealthy, in my opinion, she has the crossbow, which is stealthy. But like, I don't think you can craft silencers, you know, and I, I wasn't finding bolts as much. Right. Um, but and Ellie has the knife, mm-hmm. whereas, you know, you, you got to craft, you got to craft ships, yeah, which right. is more like the first game. Yes. So, um, but no, yeah, it was really interesting. And in her fists. Like the whole momentum thing oh, where yeah. you could just keep punching and like doing damage. It's pretty cool. With Abby. Yeah, with yeah. Abby. Correct. Agreed. Yeah, no, it's switching from one character to another didn't really bother me that much. Um, at first, I it was jarring, and but I kind of feel like it's supposed to be. You know, like it's supposed to create some sort of feeling inside of you that you don't want to do this. And I can understand why people would be turned off by it. But Abby starts humanizing almost immediately. Yeah. So you instantly start empathizing unless you're a sociopath. Right. Um, then. <laughs> Whoops. I got to I got to I got to get checked out. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, but no, instantly starts humanizing. And so, like, I feel like if you give up at that point then you're missing all of that. You you know, there's so much more of a payoff, but I don't want to talk the whole time. What do you think, Dustin? I don't know. This is one thing that I've been really conflicted on because I almost, I have no problem with the, the two character thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and from a gameplay perspective, I'm, I'm in agreement. I think it's cool to switch up the different dynamics of how they play. I don't think there's, that's not the contention around the right, two character right. thing. Part of me, it's like, feels like when you're playing as Ellie, you're on this like really fast moving train. You want to see what happens next. And it comes to a screeching halt mm-hmm. when you're left with this cliffhanger. And it, in a way, when I started playing as Abby, I'm like, oh, this. So I'm going to play a, a little bit as Abby and then it's going to go back to Ellie. And then and that ended up not being the case. You play through almost an equal portion of the game yeah. as Abby. So. It's weird because I understand why, like, I feel like they had a lot of things they wanted to set up with Abby as far as her relationship with the Seraphites and her relationship with the WLF and her friends. And Owen. And, yeah, yeah, Owen. That's him. You, but that's the name we couldn't remember. I looked earlier. it up, but I didn't want to remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it felt important. Yeah. But in a way, it didn't necessarily hit with me exactly right just because... It got to a point where I Abby started to drag yeah. some of the stuff, even though things were happening. I don't know if it's just because I wanted to know what happened between, you know, on day three with Ellie that it started to drag for me. But the people that are like, man, as soon as I started playing as uh, as Abby, I instantly didn't want to play anymore. I'm like, really? Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. I just once again, I feel like that's the entire point. I mean, up. Up until so much as you're literally beating up the character you just were. Right. You know, and that's the only thing you can do. If you don't do anything, you just die and you respawn back at the same place. That's what you have to do. Right. And it's supposed to create this sense of conflict and uncomfortableness, I feel like. You know, because you did have a relationship with this character. 
Um, and it was so sudden and so violent, you know? Um, but no, I definitely agree with you, Dustin. Um, some of like the aquarium section, I feel like could have been like tightened up a lot. There was a lot of walking around, you know, just a lot of weird things that I feel like could have maybe saved you 45 minutes here and maybe right. a couple minutes there. Right. Though here, I, so I don't want to, this relates to the idea of the two characters. So maybe we're jumping around a little bit, but I want to see what you guys think about this is that I feel like the two characters is very at the core of what the, the message is yeah. of the game. And you started to touch on that a little bit, Brandon, Yeah, is that I feel like the message overall, the, this idea of like violence just creates more violence and, you know, re- revenge is a never ending cycle. Mm-hmm. A few hours into Abby, I was like, okay, I get it. I get it. Now. I get it. Yeah. And even like, I don't know, maybe, and this wasn't spoiled for me, but I was like, clearly Abby wants to kill Joel for what happened right to the fireflies. I don't know how, but that just is what made sense to me. And so it wasn't, didn't feel like a surprise, right. but what do you guys think as far as like, this is the message that they wanted to put out with the game. And they went so far as to make an extensive gameplay decision with it. Do you think that was the right move? Is it too on the nose? This well, is a very open-ended yeah, question. Yeah. Well, one thing is, uh, um, I feel, and this this eventually we'll get to your point. I feel like I thought for a while, like, well, maybe they could have done this. Like, there's day one, day one, there day one, day two, day three, and then you switch characters. Day one, day two, day three, and it's the same three days, but you're just playing from different perspectives at different times. And I, at first, I thought like, well, maybe they could have done day one as Ellie, then day one as Abby, then day two as Ellie, etc. And I realized like, no, there's some things that like don't matter to you if you don't get to know the characters differently. Um, and so like, I thought it was, uh, kind of a little bit lackluster that you played for literally half the game as Abby, when you were attached to Ellie. But by the time I was done with that side as Abby, I was just as attached to her as I was to Ellie, uh, in different ways, but you know, uh, very similar. Um, as far as the gameplay to make, I feel like since the whole point of the story or the, of the game is that like what you said about like never-ending revenge and stuff like that and how we you know everything everybody's got their different side everybody's the good guy in their own mind kind of thing unless you actually do play as abby which is the game player decision you're talking about unless you actually do play as her i feel like you can't possibly empathize with her like you can be like this is a bad person who killed my father figure and i'm killing all their friends and them because they destroyed my life but it's hard to see like, oh, these are real people, even if you know that intellectually, if you don't actually play as them. Right. So I feel like it was necessary to get to know Abby in order for the story to have an emotional point. Because if you just played as Ellie and you got to the end and you let her go and you didn't have any emotion for that character, most of us would have been like, well, I just kind of wanted to slit her throat. Like, why did I have to let her get away? Right. right. Yeah, no, I... To go back to like the whole... It being too in the open, I'm, uh, I'm trying to think of how the theme could have been more subtle and it made sense. Not that, like, you know, less people could have died and it could have been... I don't know, I just feel like it would have completely changed the pacing of everything and it would have been, like, less visceral if it was not as forward with the Revenge is Bad theme. Right. You know? I don't know. Well, one of the things that I was, I was going to bring up later... Um, we can get into talking about specifically about Yara and Lev, because I feel like even though they're kind of minor characters, they're really important characters. Yeah, definitely. Is that like they're part of the reason you realize that Abby is a human with emotions, but they're also like, I felt like they were hugely underutilized one in that in, in Abby's side, they were very well utilized, but I feel like they're the only characters you encounter as Abby that you don't also encounter as, as Ellie. First of all, their names are too close together. They need, they need to change the vowel sounds or something. Yeah. Uh, but um, I just thought maybe it would have been slightly cool if as you're playing as Ellie, there was some sort of cameo. You know, they you like they like shoot at you from a distance and then they run off and you don't see them again or something. But you can, not, you can make out who they are uh, with Yara and Lev. Um, at the end. At the end, you, <laughs> you get to see them yeah. a little bit. But I I just felt like they were like, 
hey, you should really care about these characters. And even more so, you should care about Abby more because of these characters. But from Ellie's side, they just literally don't exist. So that's another thing that like, if you didn't make that gameplay swap, you wouldn't see the thing that makes us feel most attached to Abby as a person. Yeah, they didn't really need to do that much legwork with Ellie. You know, we know Ellie. Yeah. So I think that you're right, Ben. They, even if they were underutilized, I feel like they did serve a good purpose. And that was, you know, showing an interesting subplot with the Seraphites and showing the human side of Abby. Um, And, you know, how she was haunted by the fact that she just left them there, you know, and needed to do something about it. Right. Okay. Joel's death, a subject that we've danced around here, but how did you feel? I want to know, first of all, how you emotionally personally felt when Joel died and did, you know, obviously there were some spoilers out there. Dustin, I think you saw that one as a possibility. I saw it, but I also saw the exact inverse and that he didn't die. So I wasn't really sure what to expect, but I knew it was a possibility. But first of all, how did you emotionally feel playing the game, having that happen? Uh, and then second, um, was was when he died, I feel like it was necessary that he died for the story, but when he died, was it the right point in the game? So two questions. How did you personally emotionally feel? And second, was his death at the right point in the game? I think so. I mean, so, okay, I'll start with how I felt. So this is like you said, Ben, I got spoiled. I knew that Joel was going to die before I even played. I didn't know he was going to die at the very beginning. Right. So I think his death makes sense for the story they wanted to tell. Yeah. It was, you know, important. Almost the rest of the story almost can't exist without Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like people get the the death of main characters is a very contentious thing for people. And a lot of people feel different ways about it. I most in most scenarios love when main characters die. Right. You know, in a like bittersweet way. Yeah. Because (laughs) these deaths create so much meaning. Right. Exactly. And you're not entitled to anything. It's their story. There have been other games I've played where the main character died and it actually like drew me to, I don't know if I would say like I cried, but like emotionally cried, if that makes sense. Right. And I was almost there with Joel, but I feel like since I didn't play, since it's been years since I played as Joel, I didn't feel quite the same connection, but I did still feel like immensely sad and like had to turn off at, turn off the game after that chapter. Um, but like there, there have definitely been games that like if the main character dies, I'm really upset about it. But I still really enjoyed it because like it did the thing it was supposed to do. It made me feel for something that wasn't even real, didn't even really exist outside of ones and zeros. Right. And so like I feel like killing off main characters, although you don't, don't want to do it gratuitously and you're certainly going to lose some fans of your franchise potentially. Uh, it's just like I don't think there's there's no better way to emotionally control someone than killing someone you've emotionally controlled them to love. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, I, for my perspective, it hasn't been that long since I played the last yeah. of us, um, because I played it late. Um, as did I, yeah. But, um, that being said, I mean, I definitely, I cried a little bit, but I'm going to be honest. Like, you, I feel you like, like a baby, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Like it feels like, there was even an emotional growth in myself throughout the story because by the end, I felt like I even res- was resolved with Joel's death right. because I knew the meaning behind all of it. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, I just feel like it's okay that that happened. And I honestly think I was feeling bad for Ellie mostly. Um, I almost try to place myself in that position. Right. Like thinking about how you would feel. And to some extent, that's not really possible because like, I don't know. I don't know anyone who's like mass murdered lots of people. Right. And then was killed for it. So, you know, there's some extent where you can't 100% relate to Joel's death because Joel, as much of a good person as we know he was, was also kind of a terrible person in certain aspects. Right. And we really don't know what happened in in, a lot of his backstory. Yeah, in plenty of aspects. Yeah. Yeah. I think, 
he's selfish. Mm-hmm. That's you know the main thing in the story. The like theme that always circles back around <clears throat> is the selfishness. Yeah, right. He was selfless in a lot of ways. Sure, but also selfish in many other. Right. Yeah. Um. I had a thought, but I lost it because I was listening to Brandon's. My bad. Yeah, yeah. I think it had to do more with the ending, so I don't know. Oh, okay. I thought of it. I think that part of Joel's death mm-hmm. is it obviously it haunts the story throughout the whole thing. But the the ending where you see the the final interaction, the final meaningful interaction between Joel and Ellie, where we know that Ellie had found out about what happened at the the fi- with the fireflies and the surgery and how Joel killed all those people. And Ellie was like devastated. You know, I think, you know, Ellie had this complex where her, she felt like her life had no meaning and that Joel robbed her of giving her this meaning, even if it's in death. Right. Right. So at the end, you see this final interaction between her and Joel. And it's like there's like a glimmer of of not redemption for Joel, but a a repaired relationship. Yeah. It was like right on that edge. And I think that's what made Joel's death so painful for Ellie. I mean, obviously, it's going to be painful no matter what. But that that final interaction is just awful. I mean, it's 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 it's, I feel like the way they wrote it was amazing yeah. yeah i really like that yeah but no honestly the fact that they gave you that tidbit late i feel like was the tiny bit of closure i wanted from that yeah because i was like neither one of them really got to say goodbye because they ended on such a shitty note right and that bothered me a lot like a lot because you know they were so close in a way for so long um so that kind of helped tie that together for me agreed uh, there's a part of the game and we'll talk about another character here too but there's a part of the game when you go to Seattle where it's kind of open world and I use open world in the loosest of terms because it's not really open world but it's open world you're in this big green area um, in the middle of the city where you're going into a lot of different buildings and a synagogue and a museum and, and stuff like that and I just want to know how you felt about the inclusion and this is maybe more broad than just The Last of Us, but like the inclusion of a different style of gameplay. For the most part, The Last of Us is fairly linear. You have some exploring to do and you have some whatever, but like The Last of Us series is fairly linear, except for this one like two hour chunk of this game where you're just able to kind of go wherever you want in this little city um, with an end goal in sight. But um, yeah, how did you feel about the inclusion? Like how did, I don't know. I don't know how to phrase it, but I know how I felt. I just want to see. Uh, I know that Brandon and I have contrasting opinions about this. Okay. So I personally don't like it. Yeah. Because I think it's, I I feel like I have a bit of an open world fatigue. Yeah. Overall, even though I'm literally going to buy Ghost of Tsushima tomorrow. Right. I'm going to play it anyway. You know what I mean? Like, it's not stopping me from playing open world games, but I just don't know if it's necessary. Yeah. Naughty Dog got this idea in their head when they did Lost Legacy, sure. part of Uncharted, that it's like, oh, what if we could incorporate open world elements into sections of our game? And I just don't know if there's a benefit to it. Like, I feel like, I guess the argument could be made. It's like, well, through this open world section, it gives the player the choice to explore and also gives the ability to add more mundane moments right right which i felt like the last of us does a good job of incorporating those mundane but important you know character building moments without the inclusion of this like mini open world section it just i don't think it was bad or poorly executed i just don't i don't feel like it's necessary i don't know what it truly adds in the end yeah right i feel like it added it made it way more cinematic at least for that section of the game I feel like the the skyscrapers and everything like that. Were uh, yeah, just I will say nobody beautiful. can deny that part of the game is one of the most beautiful, beautiful parts of the game. Man. Yeah, and so I feel like that, you know, even if it's something small, I think added something really cool to the game. And I don't know if the game was as long as it is, but it was as linear as the second half of the game is the whole game. Uh huh. Would it feel worse? Right. Would this would it feel more like an eighty hour game at that point? Right, you know, because it's, I don't know, maybe not. I feel like I'm right in the middle of you two, because uh, 
I enjoyed that part of the game, but I also agree with Dustin that it like I don't know if this is necessary, but I thought that since they put that there, they should have also put other things like, like that in the game. Yeah, another one would have been nice. Like yeah. if there was one other open section at least, like maybe one as Abby. Yeah, you know or I mean? like um, imagine if you were at like yeah, you were playing as well Abby at like the Seraphite camp or something. Imagine mm. if you could like explore that. Right. And you kind of can a little bit, but yeah, you can, but only like within, right. you know, on rails. There's certainly places you can see, but not get to exactly. based on it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so part of that, part of a big part of that, you know, of being in Seattle and that open world is also the conversations and the interactions you have with Dina. And we really haven't talked about Dina a whole lot. And I wanted to know what you guys thought about the character, Dina. Um, I'll go you know, and say, I personally thought like probably the best addition to the game, to the series, maybe one of the best side characters uh in games for a long time maybe you know well other than um atreus and you know in god of war <laughs> right um but i thought that it was like you know one of the best additions without being annoying and one of the big things i always thought about the first last of us game was that ellie as your side character was kind of annoying and it seems like naughty dog really focused on making you know not annoying and adding to the character. but what do you guys yeah think? i've 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 had friends tell me that they thought she was annoying, which I don't get at all. Um, I thought she was very endearing and sweet, and I enjoyed um, the believableness of the interactions between her and Ellie. Um, they felt very human, as a lot of the game does. It has little touches throughout that just make everything feel a little bit above a normal game. You yeah. Know? Just a little bit of extra detail here, you know, an enemy's name called there. Yeah. Something like that. So, no, but I thought Dina was really good. Um, I think she has a cool personality, and I like the contrast between her and Ellie. I'm going to, yeah, I agree. I I like Dina a lot. I feel like the thing I like about her the most is that she's really tough. Yeah. Like, not just in that, like, in a lot of ways. For example, like, the introduction that at least we had to her from the trailers was that she's like, yeah, I'm going to kiss Ellie right in front of everybody. And I don't, I don't give a fuck, you know what right. I mean? And clearly there's people that in that community that were bigoted that we now find out later. Right. She just doesn't care. She, you know, is willing to go with Ellie on this journey. Part of the way through figures it out or thinks that she's pregnant. Yeah. Doesn't tell her because she cares more about helping Ellie in that moment. And I think the toughest thing of all that she does is when she tells off Tommy when at the end, the end, she's like, what are you doing? Like, right. why would you, why would you even do this? You know, why would you come here when you know how good we have it right now? Right. And that kind of connecting to the fact that she tells Ellie, like, if you go, we're not going to be here when you come back. Right. You, you, you choose whether it's us or it's this re revenge. Right. Like you, there's, there's no both. Yeah. And so I guess and that's a big question about the third game, whether she'll be included, whether if or not there will there, be a third game. Yeah. If there's a third game, yeah. if she will be included, if there's some kind of restoration to that relationship. But that's the thing. I, it's sad at the end when she's not there, but I'm like, good. You know right. what I mean? Because yeah. at that moment, I'm like, yeah, she has a baby. Right. You now she did. You know, she she's going to be in that house by herself. Well, and she has no way of just, knowing that Ellie's coming back. Exactly, yeah. and it's just so insanely selfish. And I feel like, I don't know, you know, the guitar that Joel made her, she leaves it there at the end. Yeah. And I don't think that that's because she doesn't have two missing, you know, she has two missing fingers. I feel like she's kind of moving on. You know, she leaves, she leaves that there. I just feel like it's kind of symbolic. It or, is. and I don't really think this, but, or maybe she thinks she's coming back. Right. Yeah, I also saw something that maybe like... Jesus Christ. Um, I dropped something. Sorry. Um, <laughs> that she had maybe had a bracelet on that she didn't have before. That was Dina's bracelet. So maybe she did visit her. I don't know. Maybe. I saw oh. I saw some uh, in-game conspiracy stuff on the subreddit. I don't uh -oh. know. I've tried to stay. I wanted to do this spoiler cast before I listened to any others or read anything else. But I, still a few things seep through here and there. I will say, Brandon, something you touched on about how and i think we both said this a little bit how selfish ellie was yeah something that i just thought of is that like not only is it selfish to 
go and potentially get killed like selfish to your your lover to do that right yeah but she's leaving her at by herself exactly. with a kid yep. at a farm and not in, even if it's right outside jackson it's not in jackson right they are right. still by themselves technically you don't have you the know? power of numbers there yeah and it, and abby found them before right right <laughs> so like it's like a big middle finger pretty much right it's like so you expect her to take care of the kid take care of the farm protect yourself all these different things it's just like and they have animals and everything you know right like i don't know if ellie did expect that you know like that's true i think it shows the last of us is always about showing you how terrible people are and i feel like it just shows another like not that you don't still love ellie and uh whatever but it shows you that even as as much as you love her, she's still a terrible person, and that she literally well, yeah. knew this. All of these bad things could happen to this person I love, and I'm st- I still don't care because yeah. I want what I want more. Yeah, flawed. Mm-hmm. I tried to. I think, and I think everyone does this when they play the game. They try to put themselves in the shoes of the character, and I'm like, would I? I. It's and it's such a different mindset yeah. in a whole yeah. different world than we current can't even imagine what it's like, but. I'm just thinking from the perspective of Ellie that it's like, okay, I went on this revenge mission. I killed all of this person's friends and she killed one of my friends, but it ultimately spared me. Right. And the person I love to me, I would like to think that at that point I'm like, okay, well, checkmate. It's, it's done. Right. The, the debt has been paid in a way, but not for Ellie. No. Yeah. And yeah, and it's obviously impossible to know how you would actually yeah. react in that situation. But. Well, I mean, yeah, there's just so many elements of it, you know, like even the song that she's trying to write says like, you know, how she'd be lost if she lost you and she like completely went off rails, you know, after Joel passed. Yeah, so. well, she, I don't, uh, she didn't write that necessarily. Well, but whoever. Yeah, it was Joel's you know, song. You know, whatever the song is, her. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't Joel's song either, but he sang it to her right. early on. Okay, so with Dina and how much we love Dina, we've talked about Abby and Ellie already. I just want to say that pretty much every other character in the game, maybe with the exception a little bit of Yara and Lev, I do not care about at all. No. Anybody disagree? Uh, yeah, mostly they were forgettable. I feel like they really want you to like Owen right. and that other... What is the pregnant lady's name? That's what I couldn't remember. The, I was going to say her as they, well. Obviously, they're just forgettable. Right. Was, you know, we should have looked this up. I think the, the pregnant girl is an idiot. Yeah. She, and, and she like, I don't know. She was a huge asshole. It's funny because like at first I was like angry that I was playing Abby. And obviously I continue to play. It was like weird, you know, yeah. conflicting, like I said. Um, and then, you know, by the end, she's getting told off by this pregnant lady. And I'm like, what the fuck, Abby? <laughs> I'm like I, just, I feel bad for Abby now, right? And like, yeah, it made her death a little bit less hard for me. Let's say that. Yeah, I felt way worse about this woman who was just standing in the aquarium getting murdered when I was playing as the person who murdered them than I did about it when I got to know her. Right. I'm like, well, now I'm kind of like, okay, if Abby had gotten to know her, she probably would have killed her too. <laughs> but I do think it. There's a little bit of me that's like, okay, you don't have to mirror everything, but. Part of me was like, I think it was good that they included a character that they included her and she was pregnant. And Ellie seems to show almost no remorse for killing people until she kills her and realizes that because Owen tells her as he's dying that she's pregnant. And then you see like the human side of Ellie come out and, you know, weep that she killed this person who is pregnant and bringing new life into this terrible world. Um, so like, I feel like the only purpose she served was to make you feel bad for both Ellie and Abby. Right. Otherwise they want you to hate her. I don't don't know if they really want you to hate her, but I did hate her. Yeah. She just was kind of bitchy. I'm just like, why are you even out here? Like, why are you like, Oh, I need to go out in the field. She looked, she looked pretty pregnant. Yeah, She's pregnant. That, yeah, yeah, that's so dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously everything in that world is dangerous. Well, I mean, obviously, but you know. It has been a nice contrast, though. I think especially with finding out that Dina is pregnant. Right. That element yeah. adds a whole new yeah. dimension to it. But Wait, when you... Do you know uh, that Dina's pregnant when you kill the pregnant woman? Yeah. Yes. You do? Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's pro- okay, that's Because you've already left, and that's why it's even more yeah, like, personal. Yeah. It's because, like, 
you know. I couldn't remember for sure. You have that yeah. freshly in your mind. Right. Okay, environments. Moving off the story just a little bit. What yeah. did you think of the different environments in the game? Personally, I'd say it's, for me, a toss-up between Seattle, which even though it was cool, was a little bit the open world Seattle was, was cool, but it was also a little generic and the Seraphite village was, were probably the two standouts for me. Yeah. I feel like, you know, it might be like, you know, obvious, but the very last area with the people hanging up, I feel like oh, it was yeah. so dramatic and you know the way it sets you up to that and you don't realize that abby's like mountain nourished yet so you're trying right. to figure out who's who when you're walking around i just feel like the atmosphere there is so intense and i remember the music being a certain way and, yeah. i feel like i sorry to cut you off dustin but i feel like i told you this brandon last night maybe uh, we were talking on playstation chat but i went to that end area and I was like hoping to fully explore it because I was still looking for collectibles and, you know, I didn't know if there'd be any there or not. And I saw a character hanging that I thought was Abby. And I thought, okay, I'm going to go to them to her last because I don't want a cutscene to happen. Cause I know that after that, I'm going to be able to explore probably. And so I go to this person who doesn't look anything like Abby and click on them. And of course it's Abby and I don't get to see any of the rest of the characters then, which I don't know. They even, did you see any of the other ones? Did they even do anything or talk or, um, I'm not sure, but that was a little, I was a little disappointed in myself because I accidentally found the, the right character the yeah. first time. <laughs> yeah. I almost immediately found her too, yeah. which yeah, maybe that was part of the point Possibly, too, because they yeah. figured if you're looking for Abby, you're not going to find her because exactly. she looks different now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as far as the environments, I mean, it's definitely that there's a lot less environments in this game overall than mm -hmm. the first last of us. But I think that the quality of them is so much higher um, obviously, this game is like super dense in its detail. The only I don't know if this is a, an environment complaint or a gameplay complaint is that. In a way, I think the interiors are really well done because there's a lot of environmental storytelling. Yeah. But I also just got so bored of it's just like, OK, go in this room, open every drawer. Sometimes there's something inside. Sometimes there's not. Go to the next room, open every drawer. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes the the way that they do the um, scavenging yeah. felt a little bland. And that's kind of, I think, tied to the environment. I think so. But and that's it, actually another point I wanted to hit on was just was collectibles. But you can keep, I mean, if you had more to say about environments. Yeah, can. I don't have, I mean, yeah, that's kind of, kind of it. What did you think of, and I don't know about you guys, I was very much focused on trying to get as many collectibles as possible. One, because I wanted to be able to dive deeper into the story, and I knew some of the collectibles would tell that. But two, because I didn't want to have to really search too much on my second playthrough, if I'm going to do one, to get the platinum. Um, but what did you think of the collectibles? I thought that they were interesting, but got old. Yeah, I don't know. A complaint I hear a lot is that they're very dense. Yeah. But... I mean, if I'm thinking about how I collected them and how many I got, I feel like I was fairly thorough as well. I certainly didn't get all of them. Um, but, yeah, I wasn't finding myself, you know, being like, why am I finding something already? Right. That's not something I thought, but I've heard a lot of people say that it's too much. Right. Yeah, collectibles are kind of a weird thing for me in games because I don't really care about them for the most part. In Last of Us, I cared about the like the the piece of paper that you'd find like story written on them. Yeah, I pick a, if I saw a card, I was gonna pick it up or right. a quarter. But I don't know. I just I, I wonder if there's something to that, Dustin. With so this is not a knock on you, but you're the type of person who like in Call of Duty, if you unlock something and there's a little green dot above it, you can go forever without ever checking that oh, your text messages too. Like if you get yeah. like an automated text message, you could have 700 text messages on your phone that are unread and you don't need to click on them. Right. Brandon and I have talked about this before. We both need to click on them or my phone will explode. Right. Yeah. And so like, I wonder if that kind of goes into it too. Like if you saw, if you like saw a collectible, sure you'd click, you'd get it, but you didn't need to look for them. Mm -hmm. And whereas Brandon and I both were like searching for them. Yeah. I can't, you know, obviously I'm not, <laughs> finding every area every single time sure um, i guess i'm not that good but neither am i i i spend many times strafing a flashlight up against a fucking empty wall yeah you know trying to make sure i didn't miss a path here or something yeah. there 
you know, Dark Souls has conditioned me. For I that. imagine if somebody had been watching me play the last of us part it two just looks so dumb. they're like why are you why are you humping the filing cabinets <laughs> yeah, right exactly, now exactly i will say that i felt like i was being thorough to try to not miss anything uh-huh. but i totally missed the the take on me oh song. really yeah i was really disappointed because that was one of my favorite scenes in the game dude i, I watched it that. afterwards i missed that too yeah have you seen that have you heard of that at all no. so there's a part where uh they dina and ellie is this in the open world section it's in Seattle. Yeah, there's. Yeah. they find a music store, and she picks up a guitar and plays Take On Me. Oh, no, wait, I didn't see that. Okay, yeah. Yep, yep, so yep, somehow yep. I missed that, even though during that open world section, I was trying to make sure I did yeah. everything, but apparently I missed that, which was kind of disappointing. I didn't look at the trophies before I played the game. Uh, I did look at them, some of them... Po- part of the way through the game but at that point i hadn't looked at them and i wish i had because like one of the trophies is explore all of seattle oh yeah. and i think there was literally only one building i didn't go to and i'm like well now i gotta now i definitely have to do that again Play the whole area <laughs> yeah um but i i agree dustin or i guess you didn't say anything that i should agree with but that was that was one of the coolest parts just because it was like you're in this crazy world and you just take a break you find a guitar and you somehow play a song from at this point like 80 years ago right and um the guitar somehow needs very little tuning i don't know mm-hmm. how that works either but whatever uh but i did think that was a cool part of the game and and one of the neat environments there oh i have one one thing i wanted to mention during this spoiler cast i don't know if there's a more appropriate time later uh-huh. is sort of environmental so one of my favorite moments of this game is you go into a room and you use the workbench, uh-huh. which is a moment of safety. Yes. And somebody comes and fucking yeah. attacks yeah, you. It broke I, it, yeah. Dude, I like nearly pissed my pants. It scared the. Sh- it scared me so bad. Like yeah. I was like, holy shit. And then after you kill them, you find out that they were that was their. They weren't necessarily. It was their house. It was their house, and yeah. you're an intruder in their house. And yeah. now he's like, "Oh, I guess this is, this is their place." I gotta right. be more careful. Yeah, I think yeah. that's what she says. Yeah, yeah. Well, but I just love the anytime a game will loosely break its own conventions in order to surprise you. It's a risky thing to do, I think, because you can you can't let the bat cat out of the bag twice. Like they can't do right. that again in the game. But it didn't stop me from being paranoid every time I walked up to a workbench after that. Right. Yeah. So I loved that. That moment was 10 out of 10. And if I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, you didn't actually ever have to go in that room, right? Like you technically could have got, there was nothing in there you needed yeah, to progress. I, I just feel like it was just exploration. Yeah. So, that's a completely missable part of the game, theoretically, although everyone I've talked to hit that room. Um, but it's such a like the fact that you did go in there and you did have that experience. I felt like changed the way I was playing the game, because oh, when yeah. I would see a workbench, I would make sure every possible nook and cranny around it were cleared before I even went up to it and engaged with it. Right. Um, one of the things that was kind of annoying one time I was uh, I was fighting the the, uh, infected and i accidentally like clicked on the workbench or something and i it like took me into it and they're beating me from the back (laughs) and like i'm like this is not what i meant to do here i think i died at that point but i don't i think that was the first time i died and i was like well i was hoping to get through the game without dying but it didn't happen uh but i did die very little did either of you mess around with any uh not that any of us have necessarily disabilities that we would uh, need these these features for but maybe you wanted to did either of you play around with any disability or accessibility features at all not uh, yet yeah yeah i mean i heard there's some interesting things in there um as far as like helping you find collectibles right um but that would probably be the only thing i would want yeah i almost turned one on at one point because there's one that can give you like a clearer waypoint of where to go oh and it was i was like for some reason, I was lost for a moment. Yeah. For for maybe probably like fifteen minutes. Yeah. I was getting really frustrated, and it turns out I was just an idiot. Yeah. But uh, no, I didn't really mess with them. But I saw the video detailing it. It's pretty extensive. There's a couple. Pretty, pretty yeah. I mean, I I've not that this is like part of the spoiler cast, but I wanted to kind of give Naughty Dog props because that's something that you know we've written articles, not necessarily the three of us, but on our website on handsomefandom.com, we've had articles about accessibility a couple times and. Uh, you know, 
we're, I don't know if the right word is fortunate or whatever, but we don't have necessarily anything that would prevent us from being able to play games the way that they are originally designed traditionally. Um, but I do think that I'm going to utilize them, some of them, for my second, if I do a second playthrough to get the platinum, because I don't necessarily need the same experience. I kind of want to just blaze through it and get the things I missed um, and maybe get a few of those experiences like the the take on me moment, like do that again. I don't know. It was just a fun, like maybe it won't have the same impact the second time, but um, so I think that's cool how much they added into it. And, but I, I haven't talked to anybody who used them on their first playthrough. I've read some articles about how they worked and stuff, but I haven't actually messed around with them, but I do want to see how they work. But did you guys play on not, this isn't really spoiler cast material either, but did you play what, what difficulty? I played on normal. Me too. That's yeah. that's what I did. I'm gonna. I plan on playing on very light or whatever it is for my second run through, with maybe some of those features like the one that, uh, Brandon said about finding collectibles easier. Um, okay, I think we're kind of winding down here. Probably uh, not that we want to stick to a time limit, but probably about close to an hour. We were at 56 minutes. Oh man, this might actually be an hour, even though I didn't mean for it to be. Um, uh, the the simplest question, and then we can just if there's anything else you want to throw in, you can. But the simplest question is just, did you like the game? And that can you can expand on that as much as you want or as little as you want. Yeah. Um. So I feel like most of the time I play video games to have fun. Yeah. And Last of Us is an insanely beautiful experience, and I did enjoy playing it, but I wouldn't consider it traditionally fun. Right. Um, and I feel like that's okay because now we're getting video games that are complex enough to be like movies. You you have some movies that are just pure fun. They, they don't have to be philosophical or make you cry, right? And I feel like this is one of them thinkers, you know, yeah. one of them things that pulls at your heart. And it really has affected me in a way that another video game I don't think has before, this complex anyway. Um, so yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed it and, um, I'm going to try and go for the platinum, I think. So yeah, me too. I'll be starting a new game plus, which will be cool because I will eagerly upgrade the weapons. Um, I think the weapon upgrade system is very accurate to like yeah. real life. And that's so awesome for me, especially because, you know, my brother's really into guns and stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah. This is a hard one for me because I'll I'll start by saying that I think I like the not I think I definitely like the first Last of Us more. Uh huh. And it's it's hard because the the conversation around this game has just gotten completely stupid. So it's like you're either you either think it's a ten out of ten or you hate it. Right. And I there are things about this game that I'm like this is ten out of ten. Like no one has done this quality of you know, so many different elements in a video game before. And there's other things about this game that I don't like really at all. Even right. I I feel like definitely too, that the game is too long, which I don't really, I'm trying to think of like what specific sections they could cut down. But overall, by the end, I was like, felt like it was kind of, especially during some of the parts with Abby. So I don't know if that's Abby related or gameplay related or both. I, the one thing I was thinking about was there's there's not really a lot of places I can see that you could cut down, except for the parts where you were like, oh, I should try this door that I know is going to be locked. Oh, now let's try to find another way around. Right. And you spend 45 minutes finding another way around. I'm like, what if just one time the door just opened and I didn't have to find another way around? Right. Uh, that might be the only place I would say that you could, because those aren't really story related. They're just, let's make you kill a few more infected. Right. Yeah. I don't know if this is this is just an idea that I was thinking of. I don't know if this this is, I guess, good for wrap up of something that just that I was thinking about this game and stories in general is that we we're talking about the Joel of death and or the Joel, Joel of death, the Joel of death, <laughs> the death of Joel and how that's so meaningful. And that's and I I love the stories where deaths bring meaning. Right. Um, and I also like this idea of like the long journey that at the end, you know, something bad happens, you go on a journey and you complete the goal. And at the end, things are better, but you're not the same person because of it. I think of like Lord of the Rings. It all is 
on the surface happy at the end of the Lord of the Rings, but it's like there's some, you know, deep problems still left with like Frodo's totally screwed up. Yeah. And, you know, all these bad things, these people that were lost. And so even though there's a, a, a positivity at the end, it's a good ending. It comes with strings attached, which I think makes those endings more meaningful. Right. So connecting it to The Last of Us, what I like is that there is this journey that's filled with heartbreak and filled with hatred and anger. And at the end, it's it's not positive. Right. Like it's a it's a pretty sad, bleak ending. Right. You know what I mean? And some people I've seen the argument that's like, well, what was the even point of this game? And I hate that. I hate that argument. It's like, no, just because the ending result was not positive doesn't mean that the things that happened weren't worthwhile. Do you know what I mean? I wish there was more media where the good guys lose. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least are neutral. You know, they die or whatever. Right. So just like, I don't know. I love this idea of a like a broken Ellie at the at the end that has to pay really for the consequences of her actions throughout the whole game. She's lost the one thing. Well, I mean, not even just the one thing you think about how they were dreaming about the farm. She had it and she chose to, you know, to get rid of it. She lost the the connection she had with Joel of playing guitar is gone. She can no longer play guitar, at least not the same way she could now that her fingers are gone. She's lost everything. And I don't know. It's maybe, it's not sadistic of me, but I like that. I yeah. love a good, sad story that earns it. Right. So, and I, I give props to Naughty Dog for doing that because there's such an incentive, I feel like, to make a game happy or just make any story. You look at, like, I, I don't, I'm, I'm going on a tangent here, but I'll keep it quick. Like, the Avengers finally started to click for me at the right. end because people started to die. I'm like, finally, there's meaning in what's happening because right. there's loss. There is no meaning without loss for me. So, um, have you ever watched or uh, there, there's a documentary about the? I, I know you're not super in the comics and especially not DC, but uh, there's there was a time in the late '80s, early '90s where Superman dies. Oh, it was like yeah. a, a national event, like. You know, the, there were insane amounts of like variant covers, and it was national news that Superman was going to die in these comics. And well, there's a documentary. Um, there's there's an animated version of the death of Superman, and there's a documentary attached to that. And it like it, it shows you know grown men like us cr- weeping because Superman is dead. And right. I remember thinking when I was watching that, I was like you look really silly and also I a hundred percent get it because if I was as attached, I, I've never been that attached to Superman. I like Superman, but whatever. Um, if I was that attached, like I would also be crying, right. you know, because this is a, even though you know, he's going to come back, you know, everything's going to change, you know, whatever. But like, it's that thing that, and, and not to cut you off, but like, I agree with both of you, but the thing that I like the most about it, about the game is that, I play plenty of games that are like, oh, this is just good fun. This is Call of Duty. I'm just shooting, you know, random people in multiplayer or whatever. It's fun. Or you play a game that has a happy ending or whatever, and that's that's satisfying. Or you play one that you just totally hate, and that's satisfying to an extent because you just hate the game and you don't need to play it anymore. But, like, with The Last of Us, I'm like, I hate everything about this, and I love it. Right. And, like, that's that's when you can evoke actual real complex emotion and thought that's more meaningful to me than a happy ending. Mm-hmm. So I guess to revise yeah. slightly what I said real quick is just that I guess it's not uncommon for characters to die at the very end. Sure. And while I like that also, I think I like it more when it's um, a huge part of the story yeah. going forward. So I'm glad Joel died as well. All I'm saying. Yeah. Not really. I mean, I'm, I hate the fact he died, but I also love it. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. So I thought it was uh, just a, another like this is just a random thing. I thought it was a little bit interesting. Obviously, everyone has someone who's going to be sad if they die. M- m- almost everyone. But when Joel dies, it makes enough people upset that they literally go to Washington like, you know, weeks, months, maybe even away on horseback uh, to avenge him. Obviously, his brother 
obviously Ellie, but like Dina goes along. And uh, that guy that I can't remember his name because he was forgettable who ends Owen. up. Owen. No, not Owen. The other guy that ends, that gets shot by Abby. Oh, yeah. I can't remember his name. And, um, whatever. That right. guy died. That guy goes along. And like you could say they're there to help out Ellie or whatever, but like it evokes some. Joel dying evokes enough emotion and enough people that they go and risk their lives to avenge him. Not just to like protect him because he's dead, to avenge him. And like that's interesting to me because Joel is a likable character to us as the player. But I feel like in a town of that many thousands of people, somebody's dying pretty frequently mm-hmm. uh, in this world they live in now, whether it's through natural causes or from being attacked by an infected or whatever. And so like for one person to have that much of an impact that, you know, they have to rally people. They don't even have to rally people. They have to they have to like they try to prevent people because they want to go so bad from sneaking out and going to avenge them like I don't know. That says something about Joel that maybe there's part of his character we don't, we definitely don't know that what he is after Ellie as opposed to before. Right. Yeah. I think it's um, it's a delicate thing to do. I keep thinking of contradictions to what I said as after I say it because I'm thinking I'm like, well, you don't want to go overboard with the game of like subverting expectations. Like you don't want to be like Last Jedi or you know like. I don't know. I feel like Game of Thrones does it right, but some people don't like that either. Like, I don't know. The deaths have to be meaningful and make sense. Sure. In order for what I'm talking about to be effective. And uh, I feel like it did work with with Joel. So, yeah. But. Yeah, I think I don't know. Yeah. What else? What else do we want to talk about? Where's that it? You got anything else, Brandon? If you have enjoyed the show and you've been listening for a long time to the HP podcast, thank you very much for your support. Uh, if you have not ever listened to us before and this is your first time, we appreciate you tuning in and listening to the far, the part with the, the plugs. Uh, make sure to subscribe to this very podcast. Leave us a rating and review. Listen to more stuff. Mostly we center around news and we talk about games and stuff, uh, obviously, that we've been playing. But the focus is about industry conversation and stuff like that uh make sure to subscribe and leave us a rating review like i said also everybody whether you've listened or not listened before uh head over to patreon where you can support us as low as a dollar a month and the maximum you can support us well the maximum reward we have is at five dollars a month and uh you can get everything at five dollars a month you like get all the works but at three dollars a month even you get this show and other shows early um you get our podcast hp after dark a whole month early. Uh, there's a lot of good perks at only the $3 level, but the best value is definitely at the $1 level. So go and support us if you haven't already. And uh, if, if you want to stick around and, you know, be, be just a part of the free gang, feel free. Cool. That's it. Thanks That's for listening, everybody. Yeah. Appreciate it. Appreciate you. Bye. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> The HP Podcast and Handsome Phantom are fan-funded through patreon.com slash handsomephantom. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Ben, Jared Cavaliero, Jason Canham, Michael J. Sutherland, and Shuttleworth. <laughs>